0: everyone and welcome back to a long-awaited all-new episode of the weekend Superheroes podcast today is tuesday may 4th 2021 let's keep that intro music going holy crap it's been a long time and so much has happened in the world that no one could have even cover wait it. what happened pay no attention to covid or anything yeah but you could even cover that in one podcast If you're looking for an explanation of our absence, it's a combination of the COVID disaster and sometimes I need it for some health reasons, whatever. Uh, Neither one of those has been resolved, but the show must go on. Today we got a full cast. I'm Sean. Tonight, we have Pat, we have Steve, hey, no. we have Darius. How are you guys? We're back. We're we finally back. back Wait, Wait we're, I don't know. who are you know. Do you guys Wait, even remember on. how to podcast? Uh,
1: now, wh- which
2: <laughs> end do I talk into?
1: Hi. <laughs> Is it 2020 or 2021? <laughs> I don't have no idea. I don't know. It's
0: 2020. Take your pick. <laughs> so here's the deal. I would love, I would love to be the one to welcome you all back, but I could not steal that honor today. Courtesy of Cameo.com, here's, you know what? there just play it
2: hey this is your Olympic hero Kurt Angle and this is for the weekend superheroes a podcast member was sick and unable to write a podcast for over a year he is now back in action and I would love to welcome Sean Pat Steve and Darius back to a new season of the weekend superheroes podcast it's a great show check it out oh it's true it's damn true (laughs) Oh, my God, dude. I I just
1: got Pittsburgh tangles all over my body. (laughs) Fucking Kurt Angle. Wow.
2: I told you I was going to get him on this show. That's (laughs) the first erection I've had since 2019. (laughs) Holy
1: shit.
3: Curtis Angle. You know he won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck.
0: He did. Shout out to Kurt Angle for
1: doing that on Cameo.
0: Thank you, Cameo, and thank you, Kurt Angle. My God, it is good to be back. I need you guys here in the studio, as well as those of you listening at home, to keep... An open mind. It's so important. Toss aside your thoughts and beliefs on what you perceive as what we call reality. What we're about to explore may sound like science fiction, but the problem is the science part behind the fiction, it can't be ignored. Not forever. By request, our topic today is something called the simulation theory, which begs the question, are we living in a simulation, or more commonly, uh, the matrix? though it sounds impossible we should make a movie about this <laughs> though it sounds impossible the hypothesis that we're living in an information-based universe rather than a material one is not so quickly dismissed by some of the most brilliant minds the, the physicists and scientists even living today oh i'm blushing and in, and in, in the interesting part about this theory is that if you can subscribe to the idea that our world is not material a lot of things start falling into place
4: There is this article that I published back in 2003 presenting the simulation argument. This is an argument that tries to show that at least one of three propositions is true, although it doesn't tell us which of these three. The three propositions in question is, first, that almost all civilizations at our stage of technological development go extinct before they reach technological maturity so that's the first possibility. Uh, A second possibility is that there is a very strong convergence among all technologically mature civilizations in that they all lose interest in creating ancestor simulations as I call them. These would be very detailed computer simulations of people like their historical forebears detailed enough that a simulated people in these simulations would be conscious. So the second possibility is that they just lose interest in doing this. And the third possibility is that we are almost certainly living in a simulation.
0: So who you just heard was a man named Nick Bostrom. He was a Swedish-born philosopher at the University of Oxford. Okay, He was sort of like the grandfather of the whole simulation theory and the idea that we live in an informational world. Like he said, in 2003, he published a paper giving evidence towards the idea that at least one of these possibilities is true. I'm going to dumb it down for you. And I'd really like Thank to, you. I'd really like to know which one you guys think is true. He is saying that one of these is true. Uh, number one. All human-like civilization go extinct before they even develop the technology to create simu- uh, simulated realities. Two, if any civilization do reach the stage of this technological advancement, none of them will bother to even run simulations. So they won't give a shit, and they just won't do it. Or the third, advanced civilizations already have the ability to create many, many simulations and that means that there are four more simulated worlds than non-simulated worlds, which means the, the the odds of us living in the base reality is slim to none. We're already living in a simulation. Pat, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I'm going with number two. Two. Two says... We're, uh, that, we're lazy. That we do reach the stage of like, technological yeah, we, we advancement. We know how to. We just, we just don't want to. We don't want to. Why, don't, why yeah, wouldn't we want to? Because we're lazy. Fair enough. Stay. Three. Three. Three says that uh, that we're here. That they have. Fe- they we, we've reached that stage of development. We're doing it. Yeah. And the fact the the possibility of us living in base reality is is slim to none. We are living in a simulation.
3: I'm I'm for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
3: Because I mean the, the stuff you see like the government comes out with like that releases to the public. Correct. What don't we see? Right. Aliens. The
0: whole, what are they
1: doing behind the scenes? The
0: whole new gambit. Yeah. Darren's... What are your thoughts here?
1: Kind of with uh, Pat
0: on this one. So you think Word. that we're going to make it there, and no one's going to give a shit.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Thanks. We're just, we're just living a dream. I mean, I mean, not me. I'm say. not. I'm not lazy. But <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, I'm lazy.
0: Well, I love it. I love it. But you know, we have to ask ourselves, especially on this podcast, are we living in a simulation? Basically, if you want to predict the future, in this case, the present you sort of have to look at the past, right? So take note of how far we've come as far as uh, video games, or what's called simulations, are concerned. Uh, Pong in the 1980s, just a bunch of interactive pixels, ones and zeros on a screen, all the way to what we have is Oculus now, right? Oculus, is it's a full virtual reality gaming system. It seems that we've done the impossible in only 40 years. Steve, question for you. Do you think that Game designers in the near, 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 near future will be able to design a simulated world where our brains are unable to tell the difference between reality and a simulated one.
3: Do you mean like like putting on a headset and with the graphics being as advanced as where we're at now?
0: Correct. So advanced that your mind cannot tell the difference between your what you perceive right now as reality and what is in the gaming system.
3: Yeah, I mean, for the average person, I feel like that is definitely going to be a reality where we get to the point where you can interact with like NPCs where it's you're just you're in there and it's you can't unless you physically take the headset off, you wouldn't be able to be like,
1: oh, yeah, I'm in this video game world.
0: Darius, your thoughts on this?
1: I feel like they kind of already started to attempt to do that now, not fully. Um, I mean, look at how much they're advancing technology these days. You know, they're they're trying to clone things. They're trying to, you know, make our life easier, you know, with whatever they develop. So I think they're going to try to get to that point of, like, whatever technology they can get to in advance.
0: I would have to agree, Pat.
2: Um, I, I think it'll get a lot better, but I think we're still a long ways off from a true simulation. You, you think that at some there's point, still, though, we're, we're going to get there? Maybe someday,
0: but I just think we're a long ways off. Okay. So if we all can agree that this is relatively true, the question is, who's to say this hasn't happened already? Because a big part of the simulation theory is that a long time ago, uh, what we perceive as now already happened. And then eventually someone came along and uh, simulated all of us. And that's us right now. I know it sounds crazy, but if you're asking yourself... Oh, no, I've always thought you were fake. (laughs) But if if you're asking yourself, uh, you know, if we're a simulation, why isn't this world a little more advanced than what we would perceive as maybe the future? They didn't
3: use a cheat code.
0: well, (laughs) Well, think about what we tend to simulate, right? We have Civil War reenactments. We have video games where you get to be a cowboy, right, in the Wild West. We tend to simulate the past more than the future because we know more about it. So basically, whoever created us... Their past would be our right now. And when, Pat, will then be now. Soon. There it is. Yeah,
3: yes. <laughs> for that. What a great reference.
0: <laughs> so you're probably saying, okay, stop, I'm human. I breathe, I cry, I get scared. I am conscious yeah. of my reality. But that last bit is sort of a loaded statement, isn't it? Because the word consciousness is a word that mankind just made up. Because what does something have to be to be considered, quote, real? Because, unfortunately, reality is a relative term. You can think God is real. You can think ghosts are real. But those are your realities. This table is real. I can see it. I can put my hand through it. I can't put my hand through
3: it. You cannot put your hand through it. And why throat. can't
0: I put my hand through it? Because you're not very strong. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of weak. <laughs> because I was programmed to say that I can't go. Th- when you're playing a video game and you try to walk through a wall and it doesn't let you, Why? Because
1: Um, it's designed that way. Correct.
0: I didn't buy that cheat code. So what's to stop us to being designed a way to not put our hand... You just just
1: got to find a hack, obviously.
0: wall. so who's to say that material items we're seeing and touching aren't real? Because we're programmed to believe they're real. So you got to go back to our boy, Nick, Nick Bostrom, right? The guy we just listened to. He says, while the world we see is in some sense, quote, real, it is not located at the fundamental level of reality. Basically, there is no spoon. That's the gameplay. Steve, you ever played The Sims? I have. Okay. Tell us about the game, and tell us about the options you have for the characters.
3: So, you basically, you create a character, uh, and you have to lead them through their life. Like, you have to get them a job, you have to go to school, you have to um make all the decisions for them, like what they do uh in the entire game.
2: Oh, so like what we've all done our entire
0: lives.
3: Yeah. But you could have somebody else like making
0: those decisions for you, but you just don't know it. Okay. So there are two modes where you have to do everything for them and then there's another mode called
3: Yeah. It's basically you give them like free will when you're playing it. Like <laughs> it allows them like
0: that's, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Like
3: like the like the computer AI, you can give them that like you can give the computer the decision to Oh, so
2: like instead of a God making all the decisions, they get to make decisions. Correct. The right. AI yeah. starts Sound to Sound familiar? Yeah, you're yeah. to connect they, with they, I feel like st- I've read this book.
3: Yeah, they start <laughs> to make their own decisions and like figure out things on their own aside from you.
1: Doing it for them. Can we have them do the year twenty twenty? Oh, let's, I not, would let's skip so. that
3: one. Yeah, let's. <laughs> well, I don't want to go
1: back there. Let's move
3: forward.
0: Darius, I got a question for you. You're pretty lazy. Um, Says who?
1: <laughs> no, he you said you.
0: you're pretty. So you're pretty
1: and lazy. So so
0: so if you were to create your own universe, your own simulated universe, would you create something that um, had to be constantly maintained? So you always had to be there to make sure everything was running smoothly. Or would you create a universe that uh, would eventually uh, self-maintain it?
1: I mean, I would create a universe that you have to constantly keep doing something. Because I feel like if you don't have that... I disagree, Darius.
0: Thank you. I mean, mean, your your opinion. I've met
3: you. (laughs) I would make something so... So self-sustaining
1: that like, like I got I, here, got I
0: would, I, would I got well, tired well, just listening well, to what your would you, <laughs> explanation, Darius.
1: What would you do if there's nothing to do? I would just kick back. And Anything
0: watch. else? But you can sit there and watch. Is, is the is the whole point? You want to you create something where you can uh, set the settings, walk away, and check on it later. So let's assume um, whoever created this world we live in had some kind of trial and error at the beginning stage. Just so one person, we created a person. Great. Boring. Well, let's make another. Uh, Wait, let's give the ability to make other people. Well, how? Oh, well, let's make one person plug into another and then create another person. Oh, because kissing. (laughs) Right, got it. (laughs) Sorry, we're computer dorks. This is how we... Okay, if there's too many people, then what? Oh, let them expire after so long. Like all the other machines that we have, they will just fall off and die like the rest of us. Well, we need light. Create a sun. Everybody burn to death? Okay, let's pull it back just a little doesn't seem a little too convenient that our world orbits around the sun at just the right distance, not too hot, not too cold, this cosmic sweet spot where water can exist in liquid form. It's the only planet that this happens. It's a basic requirement to sustain human life. Humans need oxygen, right? How about we manipulate some DNA strands and poof, you have plants that give oxygen. Not only do they give oxygen, but then they take in CO2 to create it. All of a sudden, brilliant. A self-sustaining world created by whom? Remember Steve Jobs. Remember years <laughs> after Super Mario Brothers came out, right? I just threw
3: the... my papers here <laughs> and <laughs> I found it.
0: Remember years after the Super Mario Brothers came out, and everyone was blown away that the bushes and the clouds were the exact same graphic, but they were just what different colors. The fuck. I know. Check this out. I'll put this on the on the website. By the way, oh I'm showing them a picture God. that the clouds in Super Mario Brothers <sighs> are the exact same thing in the bushes. They just change the color a little bit, <sighs> right? That's because when you're creating a game or a simulation, it's cheaper and easier to replicate one of the already made components and just change the lipstick a little bit. Now there are so many connections in a great universe, you, and you don't have to split a friggin' atom to see them. There were these, these slight patterns found all around us. You just have to look. Pat, tell us what you found. Yeah, so uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's this thing <laughs> I've been drinking. Uh, so there's a the Fibonacci sequence. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a pattern, right? Um, so it's a mathematical thing. Uh, we, hear, we see it a lot in computer science. I'm a computer nerd. Um, so it's uh, a sequence where you add up the two previous terms to give you the next one. So 0, 1, 1. Two, three, five, eight, thirteen, so on and so forth, um, which is cool. Like, in, it does a lot of cool things for computers, but it happens in nature all the time. So, like pine cones. If you take a pine cone and you look at it from the bottom, there's spirals in both directions, like left hand and right hand, um, and they are always, not always, but for generally, two consecutive fibonacci numbers. So 8 in one direction, 13 in the other. Pineapples. So you know how pineapples are uh, like yeah. like individual little things? Same thing. If you go in one direction, it'll generally be 8 and generally 13 in the other. Um yeah, like um plants, they they do spirals around the stems generally like buds and things. Again, fibonacci numbers. Like it's this is and well, you guys hear about it, like you, you guys hear about like the golden ratio like it's 1 to 1.6138 something like that and the inverse the same thing if you plot out the fibonacci sequence and you divide them not so much at the lower end but towards the higher end it's almost exactly always that ratio it it's insane it's it's too cl- it's it's too exact be a coincidence. Correct. So he just he <laughs> named maybe three
0: out of the billions. Yeah,
2: I could have gone on for hours
0: <laughs> of 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 copied sequence code that is woven into the fabric of our lives. We're gonna see it every single day. Is so, my yard in a simulation?
1: <laughs> like when I cut my grass, I'm gonna go look at these things now that you just explained that.
0: You will. So I'll tell you what, even if you're not convinced at this point, that's fair. After all, we're humans, right? We evolve from monkeys. Are we, though? <laughs> we evolved from monkeys, uh, and not just we're not just tiny bits of information. Or are we? Aside from the fact that monkeys still exist, slow learners, I suppose, what is it that makes up the human body? We take it for granted, but the very basics of DNA are strung together in a way that cellular hardware can read them and turn them into protein, creating our genetic... Code is the word I'm looking for, and code. Nice code. Oh, No, you guys killed I've got it. got <laughs> codes. And these human blueprints, by the way, they're connected and pretty much mass-produced, just with little tiny variations. Every human shares ninety-nine percent of his or her DNA with every other person.
2: Oh God, I share ninety-nine percent with you.
0: Sorry, yeah. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> so human DNA is is very similar. Uh, to every other species. Did you know that a banana shares 60% of its DNA with human beings?
3: What about dino DNA? That is
2: B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you, Christopher. There it is. There it is. <laughs> so, still don't think our world is just an information highway? A man named S. James Gates, Jr. is a toll professor in physics of the director of the Center for String and Particle Theory at the University of Maryland in College Park. Here's a clip of Professor Gates on a panel of scientists blowing the mind of Neil deGrasse Tyson. And what I've come to
5: understand is that there are these incredible pictures that contain all the information of a set of equations that are related to string theory. And it's even more bizarre than that because when you then try to understand these pictures you find out that buried in them are computer codes just like the type that you find in a browser when you go surf the web. You're saying <laughs> your attempt to understand the fundamental operations of nature leads you to a set of equations that are indistinguishable from the equations that drive search engines and browsers yeah, on our computers. That is correct. So. Wait, wait, I'm still, wait, I have to just be silent for a minute here. (laughs) So you're saying as you dig deeper, you find computer code writ in the fabric of the cosmos? Into the equations that we want to use to describe the cosmos, yes. Computer code. Computer code, strings of bits of ones and zeros. It's not just sort of, resembles computer code, you're saying it is computer code. It's not even just is computer code, it's a special kind of computer code that was invented by a scientist named Claude Shannon in the 1940s. That's what we find very very deeply inside the equations that occur in string theory and in general in systems that we say are
0: supersymmetric. That's right, actual computer code. And if you're thinking, how can we be in a simulation if we have these infinite set of choices and possibilities, but do you? Can you wake up and decide to spread your wings and fly to work? No. Is there a large set of parameters in which we cannot step into or out of, for that matter? Right. We're created by two sets of genetic code, and we all expire at some point, without exception. That's going to happen. Though it's theoretically possible, we have never observed anything to go faster than the speed of light. We don't know what's beyond space, or how the world even began. We've just gotten comfortable with not knowing. All of this, and you're thinking about a simulation built using computing power that we have available to us now. Boundaries would only exist if we were simulated using classical computing, where a bit can be uh, a one or a zero. This keeps us in a very materialistic world, but there is a real science out there becoming less and less fringe, and will soon be unable to be ignored. I'm referring to, of course, quantum mechanics. Okay, I'm not, spoiler alert, I am not a quantum
2: physicist. No, I had a quantum mechanic change my oil. <laughs> uh, sorry, my quantum oil.
0: It's not like that. It's not like that. Quantum computing is just uh, its a different science that, that people have to ignore only because it can't be explained. I'm going to do my best here. And at the end of the day, I might cut this whole damn thing out. I don't know yet. So let's just say, for instance, that we have uh, a wall right in front of us, right? And if we shoot, let's just say a bunch of marbles at the wall, right? Bang, 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 bang. We just shoot them at the wall. They're going to be all over the place, right? If we put something in front of us, a wall before the wall, let's just say that, and it has one tiny little slit in it. Steve, if I shoot a bunch of marbles at this wall with the slit in front of it, what do you expect to see behind that wall?
3: Yeah, there, if there's if there's any kind of hole or any kind of gap in the wall, you would expect anything you shoot at it to go
0: through that specific spot. So, so you in the back would at least see like an eye form where yeah, the slit right. was, right? Okay, so now we're doing the same experiment, um, but that wall before the wall has now two slits. What it's getting a little weird. What do you two ex- slits. what do you expect to see on the wall behind it when we shoot all these? Uh, let's just say you're going to see
3: right where those slits are at. you so see, see two two yeah, slits. Right.
0: Absolutely correct. You're doing great, by the way. i perfect. <laughs> I mean,
3: it's it's my first time back Over about a year and a half. I was nervous. I wasn't you sure know, if I was going to need the Sean rate. said he
0: wasn't, but are you a quantum physicist? Uh, I, might be. <laughs> I might be. You are absolutely killing it. In fact, Steve, uh, this is the diagram we're looking at. So we shoot a bunch of uh, marbles, and we push through this double slit, and you're going to see two identical things on the back, like you just said, right. which is very awesome. Now, Pat, I'm going to go to you. Okay, this one's important now.
3: If there's three slits, do you see three? <laughs> yeah. No,
2: no.
0: Nobody has three <laughs> slits. <laughs> All right. What's a rerun? Pat, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flip this on you. Okay, so we got the same experiment, but we're not just shooting uh, little particles. Now we're going to do a wave. So say uh, I'm going to... A-, p- a wave of babies? <laughs> a wave of whatever you'd like. So I push a wave. I push the water down, and a wave's going to go through. Let's just say there's one... Slit in this wall to begin with, like we did with Steve. So, when I push the wave, the, the wave is going to go towards that slit. There's going to be one slit. What's going to, what, what are you going to see on the other side?
2: Uh, a similar thing, but um, similar thing to, to the first one, right? Because yeah.
0: there's just the one is going to be because all the energy is going to be pushed towards that one thing, yeah, a little a little higher and lower than the slit, correct? But, but it's still all yeah. going to be in that yeah. same column, just right. like if you were thrown at the first slit. Now, my question is this. I push that wave, same wave, but now we've got a wall with two slits. Now, with Steve, with, the, with the just, we're shooting marbles, right? We're going to see slit number one, slit number two, and we're going to see those same things at the back. Now we're pushing a wave, which has a bunch of potentials, right? A potential to go left, right? And anyway, when it hits there, there's going to be an interference pattern. What do you expect to see on that back wall? You're using a lot of big words. That's okay. Uh, Just what do you expect to see? Because there's going to be on a back wall whenever you see these two things. I I think there's going to be three areas. Correct. Three pretty distinct areas. There might be more than three, but three very heavy. Right. Because there's going to be a wave pattern interference on the other side of that wall. Right. Because it's a wave pattern. Super important. (sighs) Now this is where it gets weird. Now we're going to go quantum. Right? Steve, we talked about shooting little marbles through two slits. You're going to see two Distinct stink patterns on the back. Right. And
2: Steve, I don't care what he says. I think you have big marbles. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I've loved your
0: marbles since they one. <laughs> they're pretty tough. So we're going to quantum. We're going to quantum, and we're going to shoot little photons, which are nothing more than marbles of, let's just say, energy. Fine. Okay? Right. So we're shooting marbles through a single slit, but they're photons. They're uh, electrons, little balls of energy. We're shooting through one slit. We see it just like we did with the marbles. On the back, we see one slit. Now we're shooting these same little photons through a wall with two slits. What do you expect to see? Two marks. The Correct, photons two marks just like you did with everything else. The problem with this is when you go quantum and you're shooting electrons, we see the wave pattern. So that's telling us that we're shooting marbles just like we would with any other you know, bits of matter. We're shooting it through these things, but we don't see these two slits. We see the wave pattern as if it were a wave. And we don't know why, is the biggest problem here, is that physicists don't understand why. So physicists are like, you know what, fuck this, we're going to put a little camera, and we're going to see which slit it actually goes through. Because it shouldn't be a wave pattern, if it's just a ball of matter, it's going to fucking hit a slit, and then it's going to hit that back wall like it should no matter what. So physicists grab the little camera and put this thing right near the slit. Right
4: I've
3: seen that video. <laughs> right I your feel back. like this camera is going to make things real weird. It's your
0: internet history, right, So yeah. they, they put the camera right there, and they shot that ball. They shoot it, there several balls right through the slit. Definitely seen that video. And because they were watching. Because they observed it, it was different. It looked exactly like you were shooting a marble through the thing. Uh, it well, acted no. just like you were shooting marbles. And you looked at the back, and there was that two-slit pattern.
2: It's different because you observed it. Correct. which Fucking is quantum
0: bullshit. It's quantum yeah. craziness. Because, which is why I don't understand this shit. Which is nuts. If you think about it, just by looking at it, you changed its history. Think about that. Because it went through there, but it went through... The same slit, no slits, all of the slits, all at the same time. In superposition, you don't know which one. It was a wave of potential, but it went and it hit that back just because you looked at it. It's like the, the photons acted like they should because they were being watched. What the fuck? The results are different because you measured them. Correct. Because you looked. So, what is this science that we just... Ignored? Science! That's, that's a bit strong. It's yeah, a science. science. It's a science. But we just ignore it because it doesn't fit the current idea of the material world. It doesn't fit what we're teaching in our physics classes right now. It's not a weird science just because it can't be explained, but it's a science. Once you come to terms with the fact that you can do this experiment at home and still can't explain it, you throw away everything you know about the materialistic world. You aren't just a one or a zero, you're a one or a zero, or or both, or neither, and you keep thinking about it, and then your mind explodes. Let's bring aboard our guest tonight. Tonight we'll be speaking with a rock star in the tech field. He was born in Russia, but raised here in the U.S. He's always been interested in the tech world and recently got himself involved in research behind the simulation theory. I found Alec on YouTube presenting his ideas during a TED Talk and was blown away. Please welcome author and entrepreneur and founder of tech company Thunderhead Interglobal, Alec Moslov. Alec, how are you tonight?
6: Hey, thanks. Great to be here. Appreciate the time. <laughs>
0: appreciate Great you, coming up, you guys. Appreciate you coming on. Let's just jump right in. Um, what was it that first turns you on to the possibility that we may be living in a simulation?
6: Well, I think initially there was uh, pop culture, movies, and um, video games uh, where you, you kind of dive into this world. Uh, and, and of course, you've got this element of suspension of disbelief where the movies that you're watching and the games you're playing, they expect you to ignore all the impossibilities and dive into this world. And I, I kind of loved it there, I guess. Um, and as I you know, was working in tech uh, and um, started kind of doing my own research and following up on some of the ideas in these movies, it, it just started to make sense. And it, it just came to a point where... Uh, I wanted to remove the emotional arguments. Um, I was really influenced by the philosopher Descartes, who uh, came up with the, with the saying, I think, therefore I am. Uh, and his, his whole piece was removing all, um, all the elements of doubt to your own personal experience until you come up with something that you know is true. And his conclusion, he said, I can doubt my senses, People go blind, people lose their senses, and uh, and they start to doubt whether or not they're even necessary or what the root cause of the senses really is. Uh, and when you strip the senses away, what you have left is your own thoughts, your your own existence. And if you start from that kind of position, erasing any kind of history, erasing preconceived ideas and, uh, you know, the, the things that we believe through our senses then there's a lot of space for playing around in in this kind of like uh, mental laboratory for me it was um this realization that there's no way to disprove it there's no there's no real way to disprove whether or not we're living in a simulation at this moment and when you when you look at the idea of whether or not this is all a computer program and compare it to some other, I guess, mainstream ideas, materialism or what have you. In the end, if you go high enough, there's not much difference. There's not much difference between the way we've come to think of our world and a world that is programmed and that that everything we experience can simply be uh, input from algorithms. Wow.
0: That was a solid answer. Uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> okay. In your TED talk, you mentioned this uh, simulation is not exactly a new concept. Can you tell us about the allegory of the cave or Plato's cave?
6: Yeah, so Plato had this really interesting thought experiment where um, if he imagined what somebody would be like if their experiences were um, basically solely in a cave and the way that they understood reality was only through shadows on a wall. So if you imagine someone whose entire life they spend um, interacting with reality one way, so the shadows that are cast on a wall from objects moving in front of a fire behind them are the only thing that they've ever known, the only thing that they've ever interacted with, and the only thing that their mind has ever kind of built itself up from, then to them that becomes their entire world, that becomes their entire universe. The analogy, of course, is that if we are the person in the cave and the shadows on the wall are data and information being put into our brains, that's the only way that we know how to interact with reality. That's the only way that we've ever dealt with anything outside of our core ego. And of course, we believe that's the real world. Of course, we believe that um, what we've always known, what we're comfortable with, is the only reality that, that can ever be, that we can ever comfortably perceive. And we, we often hear about near-death experiences, you know, where people have come back from something uh, that, that people generally tend to say is a bright light that hovers in their view. Um, and they, they kind of know, they get this, this really solid foundation that there's something beyond or something different or a different type of reality. So we, we have plenty of those kind of anecdotes in popular culture and mythology and, and all sorts of places.
2: Yeah. I mean, so th- there's a lot of complex human feelings and emotions, you know, as a programmer, you know, how, how do you think it's possible for someone to program consciousness?
6: Well, I mean, I dabble in programming. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself full on programmer yet. Uh, I am learning, but what I'm, from what I do know, my experience, um, working in uh, the tech industry and starting my own startup, managing developers. I think that there's a lot of room for um, algorithms that learn. So everything that you see, everything that you say and that you learn, uh, your brain retains for a certain amount of time. And the more you learn it, the more uh, clear it is in your memory, the more you can pull it up and reference it. If somebody asks you, what's the capital of, of Japan? If you've studied it over longer periods of time and reinforced it, you're more likely to be able to um, present that information at that time. So there's this component of memory that's really important where um, an AI or some kind of machine would need to be able to ingest information uh, like like, audio, visual, and and text-based, fact-based information, uh, but then there's also a component of like decision making um, and acting in self interest, and there are plenty of different types of algorithms uh, where you know if you if you have a Call of Duty game, you're, uh the, the programmers are writing um, the artificial intelligence to not get themselves killed quickly. The the more sophisticated right. they are at preserving their own life, the better they are against players, and the more people enjoy playing with them so google has now trained a trillion parameter ai language model wow and yeah so this gpt3 uh natural language processor can basically uh like read like a human text like the declaration of independence and come back with you know a single uh sentence that paraphrases what the founding fathers were trying to say in this document as as a human would um and and so I mean, to, to part of your answer, I think, part of the answer to your question, I think, is that the more parameters we're able to build and the more sophisticated we're able to kind of interweave them and, and interconnect them, the closer we're going to mimic uh, human intelligence and in the way that humans actually act.
0: Very cool. D-Man, you got a question?
1: Yeah. What would you say to someone who told you that we do not have the computing power necessary to run a simulation the size of the universe? Well, okay,
6: so what's really interesting about this question is that computer programs, video games especially, they'll use a technology called rendering. So you don't have to render the entire universe, obviously, why would you do that? If you can have algorithms that define the, the way that the universe is supposed to function and render only the parts of the universe that are being observed, how does that change the equation? Do we do we still need as much computing power? And uh, I mean I think uh, I,
3: I think Steve's brain is
2: melting yeah, out of his ears right it, now. When
6: you put it into like terms
3: of the video games and stuff? I'm thinking of like like Assassin's Creed, one of the like the new one I'm playing right now. Right. It you're 100% right. You it only shows you what you're what the area you're in. Like the rest exactly. of it is just obsolete at that point. So
0: if a tree <laughs> falls in the forest and No one's around to hear it. Did it use any CPU power at all? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that really what we're talking about? That, yes, that actually, if yeah. nobody's there to see it, it doesn't actually exist because it's not being quote unquote rendered. Yeah. Am I right? If we eliminate right, some relation background activity. Hoy, oy, oy, that's crazy. Yeah, going back to that
6: question, I think that's what it is. Depending yeah. on how you define existence, of course. Oh, man, here we go.
0: Alec, uh, an argument against this theory is that uh, no program is perfect. It comes Except with for the ones I write. It comes, <laughs> it comes with bugs, and bugs comes with bug fixes. Uh, things are constantly changing, and we would have to notice. But maybe things are changing, and we're just too busy to notice. Okay, so there's a phenomenon called the Mandela effect. Have you ever heard of this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Named after South African leader uh, Nelson Mandela, who died in prison in the 1980s, right?
6: No. Oh, right. He didn't. <laughs> he died in
0: 2013, actually, after he served, uh, having ha- served president in South Africa from 94 to 99. Yet Thousands have reported this false memory. Okay. So, Olaf, like, before I, uh, I I restarted this podcast, I actually gave these guys a little Mandela quiz, and I just want to see how they did. All right. And uh, we'll see how you do it as well. Okay. Looney Tunes. Looney oh. Tunes. I hope hopefully you grew up on these. I know you came uh yeah, t- yeah, yeah. When you were five. Looney Tunes is it spelled uh, Looney's the same way. Is it T O O N S or T-U-N-E-S? Looney Tunes. T O O N S. Guys, what do you think? Incorrect. It. Uh, uh, it incorrect. It is incorrect. It's, it's L-O-T-U-N-E-S, oh, uh, Looney yeah, Tunes. I watch so yeah. many cartoons as a kid. Yes. <laughs> All right. Is it the, uh, you might not know this one, Berenstein Bears. I grew up on these guys. Is it the Berenstein Bears, S-T-E-I-N, or the Berenstein Bears, S-T-A-I-N? Why don't you show them to him, there? I
6: cheated It's Stain. Uh, it, I thought it was Stein, though. I, I thought um, it was
0: Stein. I feel like this is bullshit. I, I still feel like this
6: is bullshit. I I'm I'm circ- like, I, I circled like stain.
3: I circled stain, but like yeah. it's it's S T E I N. There's is. no <laughs> doubt in my fucking yeah. brain that it's S T E I N. It
0: is the shoe. The shoe, Skechers brand. Show up to him, Demon. The shoe, Skechers brand. Is it S K E C H E R S or S K E T C H E R S? Sketch. I want to say T C H. I but, said, what did you guys
3: say? I said without T. You know
2: what? That's what I have, but
0: I'm second guessing myself. You uh-huh. should be second guessing uh-huh. yourself because uh-huh. there's no T in that word at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> last one. Last one. Uh, wow. Uh, you know this popular comic, The Flintstones, right? The guy uh-huh. stops and the ribs fall off his car. Is it. That's the example you used? Is it Flintstones? F L I N. T-S-T-O-N-E-S, Flintstones, oh. or the Flynn Stones without the T? So
6: oh, t- man. I'm looking at it, and the T, I want to say it's with the T, but the T just doesn't look right. So, so I'm going to go with the Flintstones.
2: That's the exact I, thought process I had. In I yeah, it has right? a T. That's me, too. It's, it's, it's Flintstones
0: flint it's flint s- with flint. a T. Oh. Yeah. With a t? With, yeah a with a t? with so a T. Yes, what? Yeah, it, right?
3: <laughs> exactly. I missed that one. I don't understand it.
0: So this is just one of the many glitches that uh, that we haven't even noticed. Now we're coming back, and we have all these people remembering it one way, uh, while well, it's just wrong. And there's video yeah. upon video on YouTube about these ones. Um, for instance, it's, I mean, those are just four examples. Um, you, Pat, uh, do you remember eating Jiffy peanut butter growing up? Yeah, Jeff. yeah, Jeff. Jeff. It is Jeff. Everyone is saying it's Jiffy, which is strange. Um, Pat. The balcony scene from uh, Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Can you give us a line? A ballad? Uh, (laughs) Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo? Right. How about this? How about this? There was never a balcony. Ever. Balconies (laughs) didn't even exist during this era. Uh, No. Shakespeare invented the balcony (laughs) just for the play. (laughs) Steve, Monopoly guy. Does he wear the monocle on the left or the right? Oh, God. I have no idea. The answer is he doesn't wear a monocle. Is he does not wear a monocle. Oh.
3: <laughs> That's Mr. Peanut. That's <laughs> it a trick question.
0: It is. what are they going to tell me in four years? Is the Simpsons not the Simpsons? <laughs> God. So Alec, I guess sorry, that was a long-winded question. But the question is: so these are sort of the glitches that people talk about, other than the Mandela effect. Do you know of any other glitches that? Uh, that, that may that we should be looking for to sort of clue us in that we may be living in a simulation well your cat yeah, just walked by huge. twice so
6: <laughs> i mean it's more just kind of like uh, curiosities there's another example with rats where uh if rats in tokyo were ran through a maze and clocked right there's an average time that uh is is obtained for how how fast they can run through a maze after uh, that has ar- that maze has already been solved, separate rats in separate uh, locations in, 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 on different continents will run the maze faster. And there, there's a lot of discussion about whether or not this uh, is actually scientific or uh, falsifiable, or whether it's possible to control um, for for these kind of variables. But that that's one example. Another example is this, like uh, wave-particle duality the you know the the fact that light is both a wave and a particle after we observe it so so the inanimate objects will know to change their form based on how people are observing them i think that's a major glitch
0: it's so quantum
6: <laughs> it's very cool. yeah.
0: quantum so we should talk about that it's pretty awesome though um that's a solid answer how
6: else would they know if they're not programmed to know correct if that's not a fundamental law of the universe, there's no, there's no like thinking or realization on the part of a inanimate object, of of, of, of a subatomic particle. Oh, I wish you
3: were just question. There's, Steve there, may never be the same. There's no, I'm serious. There's times after these podcasts where I just go home and I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? Like I don't, I think like I don't know anything at this point <laughs> like, in my life. I, I my, seriously,
1: like, my, I'm like I'm looking at Steve changes. right
3: now and it, it looks like <laughs> we've rocked his entire explored. world. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like,
3: all right. It's good thing you're going on vacation, Steve. Yeah, right. So look, if if we're truly living in a simulation, then what happens to us when we die then?
6: That's a good question. I'm, I'm probably not going to sleep for like three days after <laughs> this. Um, well, I mean, that all depends on uh, the program, doesn't it? I, I can't say that I've seen the source code myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Steve's looking for afterlife requests. <laughs> a,
6: I think Steve's about to find a out. I religion up for you right now on the spot. You ready for this? All right, let's hear it. You just uh, relive your memories and your death is either a heaven or hell, depending on how you lived. Boom. Oh,
2: so we're all going to hell. That yeah. sounds yeah, super we're definitely- Catholic.
0: That doesn't sound like a <laughs> yeah, simulation. man.
1: Don't doom me.
6: <laughs>
1: <laughs> on a more personal level, if you found you were living in a simulation, what would you change about your life? Wow! wow that well, you're is... saying if I had access to like admin?
6: No no no, no, no. No, 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 no. Now
0: that you know that you're living yeah. in a simulation. Oh, like, I've take? known
6: for a while. And I mean, it's it's kind of liberating in a way. I actually, um, I had somebody call me recently the other day, messaged me on LinkedIn first. Uh, this, this uh, you know, capital advisor in Baltimore. And he's like, I watched your TEDx talk. I feel so liberated. Give me a call. And anytime somebody uh, reaches out to me from the TEDx talk, I, I always try to indulge. Uh, and, and this guy was saying, you know, I've been unhappy, I've been drinking uh, and depressed. And, and he said... Uh, Well, let the, me put my beer away. As long as you know why you're doing it.
0: if you're drinking, <laughs> don't, don't you judge us? Out,
6: that's an issue. You know? Don't
0: judge us, Alec. We're just we're doing our best. <laughs> oh,
6: I had two beers before this.
0: <laughs> Cheers. It takes, it takes the edge off. Go ahead. Yeah. I want to hear. About I'm with this you thing. in
6: spirit. But he said, no. it's Sometimes you get caught up in the rat race, and uh, reality feels like a video game where you're always ranking yourself compared to somebody else. And if you realize that that uh, you know this is a simulation, you can you can find time to appreciate the code the find time to appreciate the beauty of of the design and find all sorts of different kinds of purpose and and meaning and be able to extract yourself from like gamified reality where in america that's there's it's it's it feels like that a lot of times it feels like a lot yeah. of our lives are kind of gamified
0: so so just in, enjoy this, the
6: game and not worry the
0: about Jones. the leaderboard But you just said that if we die, there's a heaven and a hell. I think people, if they found out that we were living in a simulation, there would be no heaven. There would be no hell. It was just a a computer simulation. When you get unplugged, you just unplug. Like, I unplug a computer. But you seem to think that there is still an afterlife. Why, Why did that change your perspective?
6: Oh, I was just messing around. I still haven't written my golden tablets that will conveniently disappear. <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: I tell you what, if you need profit,
6: no, give us yeah. a call.
3: God, it was such a cool answer. You know what hell is? It's one of those video games with like a half hour long credit
6: scene. We're just sitting there waiting for <laughs> something skip, to happen skip,
3: and skip, skip, nothing skip, fucking skip. happens. Oh,
2: so hell was written by Hideo Kojima? <laughs>
3: Correct. <laughs>
2: exactly my thought.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> all right. Well, that, that's it. That's all I want to say. Is that I I thought you'd have a bigger answer because if you realize you're in a simulation, people think there's consequences to what they do here on Earth in the afterlife. Um, but if you if it's a simulation, if it's just nothing more than a computer program, then I can stab all these people that like I've wanted to do for literally years and be okay with it.
1: We'll just respond.
6: Absolutely. Whether or not it's a simulation, you you have free will. You can go do that. Those kinds of things. But the simulation isn't just on an individual level. There's there are also like uh, biological functions. There's evolutionary functions. There's societal functions. Oh, things go wrong when society loses trust. Which I mean, uh, part of building civilizations is finding out the rules for how humans can interact together without like breaking everything apart and then we battle each other so the strongest uh, civilization comes out on top and if we start breaking civilizational rules that doesn't mean that we've somehow like escaped from other algorithms that guide the the space that we're in this shared environment
2: so last question um Earlier, we talked a little bit about quantum physics, and you kind of mentioned it earlier. You know, we talked about the double slit experiment. So, you mentioned, you know, light is both a a wave and a a particle. You know, we can't really explain it. So, you know, how long until we stop thinking of this as kind of, you know, weird science and, you know, just thinking of it as science without the qualifier?
6: Well, see, the thing is, for me, the double slit experiment makes perfect sense in a in a simulation where the rendering is being done in the act of observation. So if we have a simulation that's conserving power, that's conserving computing power and only rendering itself when there's a, an observer and you know an act of observation, then it makes complete sense why, why the universe would behave that way. Um, it's, it's trying to save resources when, and not using them when it doesn't need to. Um, so I, I don't know, I think it's a starting point, honestly, for, I, th- I think the biggest goal for, for me, for somebody who kind of believes right now, it's, it's on the level of a belief that we're living in a simulation. The biggest goal would be to come up with some sort of falsifiable experiment. I know this is probably a pipe dream, uh, but some sort of, you know, falsifiable experiment, some sort of scientific experiment where where we can analyze real-world phenomenon to see if they behave as they would if, if, uh, if you know, cert- given certain conditions of simulating a universe. So would a simulated universe try to conserve computing power? That makes sense to me. Could it do that by not rendering certain things until they are observed that that makes sense to me i think it's it's kind of beyond my understanding how that happens how the universe recognizes when we observe something to change it all of a sudden um, but i think honestly i this is a belief of mine i believe the answers lie in video game algorithms
0: are we living in a simulation yes <laughs> yes we definitely 100 are living in a simulation you've no doubt about it your mind I
6: mean, I believe it. I think um, doubts exist in the rational part of me, for sure. But I just, the more I think about it, the more I don't really see an alternative for trying to explain what's going on. Because materialism just doesn't make sense when when you look at, when when scientists look at the quantum uh, particles and subatomic particles, materialism just doesn't really make sense.
0: I mean, that was a great opus. That was a great opus. Hey, you said you had 20 more minutes. We only need five more. We play a game at the end of every episode called Fact or Fuck. Are you in? <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Uh, Pat. Yes. Oculus Rift, division of Facebook Incorporated stated. Fact. Oh. <laughs> stated that as early as 2025, they will showcase their full body VR suit, which allows players to feel simulated range of touches as well as hot and cold, depending on simulated weather during gameplay. Fucked. Alec? Fact That's fucked nice job. Pat. I, w- I want that to be a reality. Oh, man I, I, want, thought that that was I thought want that to be good. I thought that was good I one. That I want the hard that to one be fact so bad. <laughs> Steve, once again we're going to answer first. Steve. Tech startup Nectom or Nectomay—I can't figure it out—is a company whose goal is to euthanize you and then preserve your brain in a chemical solution for hundreds or possibly thousands of years, with the idea that future scientists will be able to upload your consciousness into a simulation. Fact or fucked? Sounds fun. I'm going with fact. Fact. Oh look, fact. How does fact? Let's go. That one's real. Darius.
1: And here's where it goes downhill. (laughs) Come on, Darius. (laughs) It's just a
0: simulation. You know the answer. We've been doing this for three years. Darius has gotten too right, I think.
1: Just don't look at the answer.
0: Darius, for the hit 1999 film, The Matrix, by the way, you told me you were looking up this kind of trivia, so I didn't give you the movie ones.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: For the hit 1999 film *The Matrix*, the original Neo was supposed to be played by Will Smith, but he turned it down to star in the movie *Wild Wild World West*.
6: Wild
0: West. <sighs> Fact. <laughs>
6: Fact. <laughs> well, like I
0: it.
2: said,
3: hold on, <laughs> a I didn't no, give him the answer. I actually knew that one from.
2: It's actually really yeah, funny. Yeah,
1: I actually Sean. Do that
6: one. So I actually looked that up <laughs> so
1: earlier today. Three and zero against you. Do we
6: have? Do we have a picture of what what Neo would have looked like as Will Smith, or what Will Smith would have looked like as Neo? Yeah, I don't know.
3: Uh, uh, I don't, but I want to find one. I
2: know. If that'd it
6: doesn't be awesome. exist, I want to make <laughs> one. I
3: don't think that would have been a very good movie. All right, three
0: more. I'll let you go, Pat. Technology entrepreneur Elon Musk asserted that the odds are, quote, one, excuse me, a billion to one against us living in actual base reality. I'd say fact. 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 That is a fact. Nice job. Shit. Nailed oh. it. The pressure's on now. I- <laughs> oh, look, if you could just keep it down to we <laughs> go please, this time. Sorry. Lovable animated cartoon Curious George has a tail. Fucked. Fuck. It is fucked. Nice job to both of you guys. <laughs> yes. I, I would have missed it. Five and zero. Let's
1: go, Darius. <laughs> Last question. Uh, <laughs> g- nervous.
0: According to the National Center for Supercomputing Applications, the human brain carries out one thousand trillion logical operations per second.
1: How many is that again? How many zeros yeah, is that? Don't forget to carry 1, the two. One thousand
0: trillion is ten to the fifteen. Divide.
1: Why don't that they just say out. one quadrillion?
0: I don't make the rules, Alec. I just read the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get fucked. Fucked. Alec.
6: I'm also going to go with Clark.
0: That is a fact, guys. Oh! That is a absolute oh, fact, guys. That is our show. Big thank you to Alec Maslow for coming on the show and being so cool and open-minded. Now, Alec, uh, before we talked, you said that you have something pretty awesome coming out. You have a graphic novel. Tell us about it and how we can uh, find it.
6: Yeah, I'm really excited to be working with a team in Tokyo uh, on on my my first graphic novel project. Uh, the idea is that uh, the universe is simulated, and the player characters that go into this universe are gods, um, and so they're you know they have godlike powers. They can uh, fly from galaxy to galaxy and, and do all these amazing things. But then there's a virus that infects this, this simulation, and the gods. Who get infected with it actually end up dying in real life so they're trying to figure out what's going on and how to save themselves from dying uh we're expecting to publish in uh japanese and english uh, oh nice pretty yeah so uh we're hoping to get the first volume out which is eight chapters by the end of the year um and obviously down the road to get it into an animated format and, and get it all over the world Fuck yeah. Oh, uh, you you got to let us know. We're going to send you some fan art and send you send you some links to the website. Please do. Sure, We're yeah, going to awesome. put this
0: on our social media stuff and get your name out there. Alec, thanks you so much for coming on. Hey, say goodbye to everyone who loves you out there.
6: Thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Goodbye, everyone. I love you, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pat, would you like to say goodbye to everybody? Good night, everyone, and happy Star Wars Day. Oh, it is happy Star oh, Wars yeah, Day. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye to the creators. And
1: <laughs> famous line I gotta say goodbye to the ladies finally <laughs> <I don't remember laughs>
0: I'm Sean always remember to podcast responsibly